Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. This is E-Commerce Conversations by Practical E-Commerce. I'm Kerry Murdoch. The migration of retailing to online merchants is putting states in a bind. Their reliance on sales tax from local brick-and-mortar retailers means that as local sales lessen, so does the sales tax revenue from those transactions. Some of these states are now attempting to expand who is liable for sales taxes, and some states now say this includes companies with local internet affiliates. Our guest today, Oliver Roop, is the CEO of Viglink, an affiliate marketing company. He says targeting affiliates is wrong. He suggests another solution, and he's here today to discuss it. Well, Oliver, thank you for your time today. Well, thank you for having me. Oliver, we're here, as you know, we're here to discuss the affiliate nexus laws, the so-called affiliate nexus laws that the various states in the U.S. have been enacting or attempting to enact. Uh, your company, Viglink, is in the affiliate marketing business. And before we start talking about the affiliate nexus laws, could you give our listeners just an overview of what it is that your firm does? Absolutely, and thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the firm is called Viglink, as you mentioned, and we help publishers become affiliate marketers. Uh, we um, have a piece of software that publishers can install on their site that makes um, the act of linking out uh, to merchants and participating in their affiliate programs very easy. So a, a, an affiliate marketer is someone who, let's say, has a blog, they write about a book, uh, on that blog and link to the book on Amazon, if they click through from uh, the, if a reader clicks through from the blog to Amazon and buys the book, Amazon will pay a, a fee to that uh, blog author. But actually collecting that money and enrolling in all the right programs and doing all the right things is, is fairly detailed administrative work that a lot of people just don't do. So we do it for them, and in return, we take a cut. Now, our listeners, of course, are e commerce merchants mainly smaller e-commerce merchants, uh, how does that fit into what they do? Give us an example of how an e-commerce merchant would use Viglink. So e-commerce merchants often uh, have affiliate programs in order to uh, promote sales, uh, particularly the smaller ones. Uh, The way consumers hear about those products is publishers on the Internet write about their products, promote them, uh, and to incent that to happen, e-commerce merchants, uh, you know, pay uh, uh, fees, pay um, 
either what are called affiliate fees or advertising fees to those publishers for doing that, and it's done as a as a usually as a percent of revenue or a commission on sale. Um, we make it much easier for those publishers to participate in those programs. So an e-commerce merchant can reach a larger number of publishers by uh, using us. And in fact, to do so, all they need to do is turn uh, Viglink on in the, the whatever affiliate network they use to manage their existing affiliate program. Viglink is a, a leader in its in its category uh, of affiliate management, if I could use that term. Just give us a quick background before we start talking about the Nexus laws specifically. Uh, just give us a, a, a little bit of history on your firm, when it was founded, funding sources, who owns it, that sort of thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the company was started in March of 2009 uh, by myself, and um, we received some seed funding uh, in June of 2009 uh, from Google Ventures, from First Round Capital, and from a number of great angel investors like Reid Hoffman, who's the guy behind LinkedIn. Uh, the company is headquartered in San Francisco and has an office in Indiana. Uh, we employ a total of 18 people. Uh, the firm is owned by the investors and uh, the employees and myself. Um, we, in August of uh, 2010, we actually bought one of our competitors called Driving Revenue, which is why we have an Indiana office. And to date, the firm has raised a total of $7.4 million. Okay. Thank you for that background. So last month we spoke. Uh, that was an, an enjoyable conversation that I had with you uh, on on the state's efforts to consider affiliates in those states to 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 constitute nexus for purposes of sales tax. That's kind of a mouthful to say, and it's kind of hard to understand. But give us uh, give our listeners. Explain what that means exactly, what that is, and what that means exactly, and how that imp- impacts affiliate marketing in your business. Absolutely. Mm. Uh, so, if any of your listeners are situated in California uh, or a number of other states uh, throughout the country, they may notice that they, if they purchase something on Amazon or a number of other internet retailers, they are not charged sales tax. Uh, and the reason for that is really stems actually from the the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution, which says one state may not just tax another, only the federal government can can tax interstate commerce. And uh, Amazon is a company, uh, just to use an example, is a company that has no physical presence in California, and so they are not required to collect sales tax from Californian customers on behalf of the California state government. Now, these state governments are attempting to more broadly define what a presence means in order to force Amazon to collect sales tax from their customers and remit it back to them. Uh, so that, that, now that these laws have been passed in a number of states, uh, largely, uh, we believe, through the agitation of the physical retailers like Walmart and Walgreens, uh, because they have physical presences in the states, and so they do need to collect sales tax, and so they are trying to uh, you know, impose those taxes on their competitors. So, as a citizen, <laughs> I ask you to put on your voter hat for a sec, rather than the entrepreneur hat that you typically wear, and let's assume that, uh, uh, what, just let's talk about what what lawmakers should do in terms of the 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 rise of online retailing as we understand it, the rise of online retailing 
uh, is creating a, a a problem for the various states and municipalities who have or that have historically relied on sales tax revenues from the local Walmarts or from the local brick and mortar retailers that you just mentioned. So now right. there's a lack of sales. Uh, there's a there's a shortage of sales tax or less sales tax coming in than what they thought, and that's that's the that's the issue we're talking here. So what's the What's the answer? Uh, so we absolutely sympathize with states uh, who feel they need to raise revenue, uh, and, and I think it's worth mentioning that those purchases are not tax-free. The purchaser is supposed to report their purchase to the government and remit taxes themselves. Very few people actually do that, but it has certainly ne- never been a, a tax-free purchase. Uh, we think that the correct place for uh, you know any adjustment of rules that needs to happen is in the federal government. The Constitution reserves to the federal government the right to tax interstate commerce, uh, and as a practical matter, uh, a federal rule would apply to everyone and avoid these issues of venue shopping and job flight that uh, plague the state-level uh, initiatives. So I think if California, you know, feels the need to raise revenue by changing the, uh, how taxes on internet purchases are collected, uh, you know, California has senators in the federal government, and we believe should address, uh, you know, their issues there. Um, the concerns with the state level issues: one is there are, there are very clear constitutional issues. This whole battle has been fought once before uh, with the mail order retailers, where physical retailers were upset that that you know catalog companies could mail product to their state, uh, you know, without having to charge taxes, and that was actually decided by the Supreme Court, uh, you know, who said, and obviously I'm paraphrasing that. Uh, physical presence and nexus are not just what you wish they were, they're actual, um, you know, legal concepts that have a definition. And so just because you say that con- something constitutes a nexus doesn't, in fact, mean it does. Uh, so, so I think that's the, the sort of theoretical reasoning. The other one is a very practical thing where none of these laws have actually raised taxes for any of the states that have passed them. Um, as soon as the law is passed, the physical retailer uh, breaks ties with all affiliates in the state and still does not collect any taxes. So, uh, you know, every state that has enacted these, um, you know, has actually seen a decline in, in revenue because they still don't get to collect any sales tax from the out-of-state purchases, and they drive the affiliate jobs either out of state or, or destroy them altogether. The federal example that you just cited I'm I'm still catching up with that just a, a little bit. So, what sort of law? What would that be exactly? Was that is that a law that uh, a federal law that applies just to internet retailers? Or? So Senator Durbin of Illinois actually has announced that he intends to introduce legislation in the fall that would uh, tax internet purchases and and basically require uh, internet retailers, regardless of where they're located, to collect. Uh, taxes from purchasers in a state on behalf of that state and then remit it to that state. Uh, and, you know, the federal government, you know, actually has the authority to tax interstate commerce, and um, any rule that passed would apply nationwide, and so you wouldn't have this issue of, uh, you know, companies and retailers trying to dodge from one state to another, uh, you know, to, to, to sort of benefit from the rule differences. That, has that, that, 
proposal that you just suggested from Senator Durbin has that actually been is that is that been propo- uh, formally proposed? <laughs> it, it, he has announced that he intends to introduce legislation. Okay. I don't think anyone has seen it yet, or certainly we haven't. Uh, but uh, you know, he believes this needs to be uh, adopted at the federal level, and he intends to address it uh, in the next session. And from your standpoint, that is the that is the better answer in terms of getting the federal government. Uh, just to make sure I'm understanding, getting the federal government, since it's interstate commerce, throws it out of uh, federal courts, presumably, and uh, applies to everyone e- evenly. Absolutely, and I think you know we have no position uh, on on that tax. You know, I think that the idea that affiliates are somehow embroiled in the battle of whether Amazon should have to collect taxes. Uh, you know, for remission to the states or not, that, you know, that there's no reason we should be tied up in that fight. We think that, uh, you know, if um, that they're really separate issues, and if the legislation is addressed at the federal level, uh, you know, then it will pass or not pass as, the, you know, as that um, legal, as that legislative process goes, and we will not be involved in it in any way. It does get to be very arcane, it strikes us, in terms of the various proposals that are floating around. One of those is in Texas, as you probably know, that uh, I don't believe this has been enacted, that uh, applies to web servers and attempts to link a company's business on a Texas-based web server as constituting affiliates, and that gets, that can be, that could be very confusing, so uh, your suggestion certainly, certainly is interesting. (laughs) I think, um, you know, the notion of, of, you know, that you mentioned, it should be frightening to businesses far wider than, you know, just affiliates. I think if you use a vendor, uh, you know, Akamai is a great example. They're they're what's called a CDN, a content distribution network. They have servers all over the world, Um, you know, and if the government sets up a system where you can't choose a vendor without doing very thorough legal analysis of all the jurisdictions in which their servers sit. Uh, you know that really becomes a huge regulatory burden, and and literally will, uh, you know, put friction on on the creation of new businesses altogether. Uh, you know, vendors who offer their services over the internet will find it harder to get customers if those customers are worried about suddenly having to pay taxes in a new jurisdiction. Uh, or even just have to, you know, study the laws. They they just won't do it. And so, you know, given the the employment situation we're in, given how reliant we are on you know so-called tech innovation jobs, uh, passing laws that make it substantially harder to create those jobs and invest in companies that do create those jobs seems like bad public policy. Oliver, we have just another minute or so left here today. Anything else on your mind as as it applies to? Nexus Laws Affiliate Marketing for our listeners of e-commerce merchants? Absolutely. I'd say our uh, basic point is that uh, we take no position in whether Internet retailers should uh, be required to uh, collect taxes or not. Uh, We just think that lawmakers should enact a solution that will actually be effective and will actually collect tax revenue. Uh, the laws that are proposed and that have passed recently, none of them have actually been effective in collecting that tax revenue. And so uh, they just introduce regulatory burden and cause job flight and venue shopping. The correct place for this to be addressed is at the federal level. Okay. Well, for purposes of our listeners, we've been visiting with Oliver Roop. Oliver is the founder and CEO of Viglink, 
That's an affiliate marketing management company. That's viglink.com. V is in Victor. I G L I N K. Viglink.com. And Oliver Roop, we want to thank you for your time today, sir. Great. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.